Snippet, the short podcast platform. This is Check Your Privilege, the podcast. Let's welcome anti-racism guide, mental health activist, and founder of the Check Your Privilege movement, your host, Maisha T. Hill. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Check Your Privilege podcast. I'm your guide on this journey, Maisha T. Hill. And as always, I'm grateful to be in community with you. Vita is a dope professional person who owns Vita Loic Media. Vita Loic Media supports women, non-binary folk, and gender non-conforming beings who are community builders and leaders with their AV music technology needs for their online events and projects. We focus on these things such that our clients can show up and focus on cultivating connections with their communities. Welcome, Vita. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. You are an amazing being outside of what I just read. So I would love you to name yourself for yourself and do a round of who are you? Are you down for that? Yes. And I'm nervous. It's all And good. I'm excited. Yes. So essentially, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, who are you? And you're going to respond to me with a one word answer. To be a verb, an adjective, a descriptor <laughs> to describe who you are. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, Vita. Who are you? Love. Who are you? Vita. Who are you? Wordless. <laughs> who are you? Philosophical. Who are you? Music. Who are you? Energy. And who are you? A poet. Oh, you are a poet. How does it feel, Vita, to, to, you know, the world and the system that we live in, we essentially get these titles and these names like ascribed to us. So how does it feel to name yourself for yourself? It feels very sweet, especially with like being able to just immediately go with what came up, even, you know, that I said wordless, like, because that's what I was in that moment, you know, but it definitely feels very sweet to be able to name myself for myself in the, and in, in especially with the words that came through, because those are the words that I feel like I really, I don't know, cultivate. Mm hmm the 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 intentions behind the energy behind but i was also nervous it's all all good like no one's ever honest about how nervous they are they're just like i got this and i'm like all right that's like saying yes to a job you really don't want to do yeah it's the whole you know burying your soul type thing you know and like i'm really behind the scenes a lot so it's I, i i do like to be in front of the the camera and do those sorts of things with like my music and stuff but it's been a little bit since I've been in the front of things. Hey, by the way, it's 333 right now. Side note. Hey, the magic of the numbers. 333, hey. that's a holy trinity. So make a wish, set an intention as we prepare to get into this conversation. Seriously. I really just set a bomb intention and I won't tell anyone what it was. How about you, Vita? I did set one too, for sure. But awesome. I will keep it to myself as well. Perfect. Okay, friends. So one of the conversations I brought you on here to have with me, Vita, is really around your um, experience working in the music industry around music, AV, event planning, like all of your genius 
and how you may have faced barriers, unknown barriers that many folk who don't have a marginalized identity may have. And while I'm talking about that, Vita, can you describe for our audience your multi-marginalized identities for the folk who don't, don't know what you look like or you know yeah. who you are? Sure. So I am queer. I'm also non-binary. I'm also multiracial. I, I'm like a lot of a little bit of everything is what I usually say. But uh, how I introduce myself typically is, you know, Mexican because that's the culture in which I was raised, uh, which compri- is comprised of like the indigenous culture mostly, as well as, you know, the the customs of my my elders who were actually born in Mexico. And then from my dad's side, I'm uh, I'm a bunch of like Scandinavian stuff. Yeah, and then I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's add that layer. Yep. So I, you know, I'm this, 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 and astro- astrologically, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> That's my sun sign. My uh, my rising sign is a Leo, and my moon is an Aquarius. <laughs> About that. Yep. But but when we think about identity, though, seriously, we never think about how astrology plays into our identity and who we are, because that also has a lot to do with how we show up in the world. It really does. And I very much uh, am a believer of that, for sure. I wasn't at first. And then, like, I I was hanging out with some folks for a few years that really introduced me to, like, the different levels and the different understandings of astrology. And I definitely resonate with a lot of the, the teachings, for sure. Absolutely. And then when you add in like other, I guess they're called personality tests. (laughs) But when you add in like strength finders and human design, it's just you're like, I'm just a hot mess. So I might as well just live imperfectly in this world. Yup, facts. So anywho, let's let's keep it going. So Vita, you started off as a performer and a spoken word artist, but then found love for audio event production and supporting others to like show up on stage. And this is after you self-taught yourself all of this. Yeah. So I, I think one of my, the things that I didn't share is that I'm also, uh, like my parents are divorced. Right. And I grew up with that kind of background. So what I found as kind of my anchor through everything was definitely music and poetry. So those were how I processed the things that I was going through and navigating, uh, especially not really feeling like I had the space within the the family dynamics to kind of work through those things and process them like I imagine many of us have that sort of feeling and from that desire grew like okay well me and my friends wanted to record ourselves and I just so happened to have some equipment laying around from a project that my dad had been working on at that time and I started recording me and my friends and then it developed into this well like how do I edit how do I improve this recording you know I got I went on a trip my family gave me like a little bit of like a I don't know like hey like buy stuff like a budget I don't know what to call it they gave me like a couple hundred bucks right I didn't buy anything on that trip I got home and it was like Christmas or something and I went to a music store and bought my first mic that I still have and like my first interface that I still have. And then, so it kind of evolved from there. And like, I just kept having more questions arise. Like, well, how do I do this? Well, how do I do that? And I kept learning either through like Googling stuff, through just tinkering with it, through going to local studios here in San Jose and like watching the engineers and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that evolved, that evolved into uh, asking people that I knew in the community if I could mentor with them or 
do like a apprenticeship and i had a couple studios out here like open the doors and like let me do that but they didn't want me to apprentice because they had heard my work so at that point they were like nah you could just come in and like work out of here so it was it was all that and then it grew into my you know mom wanting me to go to college me saying i don't really want to go and like dragging my feet and then me finding out that uh there was actually audio engineering classes i could take so i, I like dove into that and then i'm going on a whole tangent and then i that's okay yeah and then when i was kind of goes into this little little i don't know valley that i went into i would say because you know like life has peaks and valleys mm-hmm. and like so this valley i went into i was homeless at 22 and i was trying to figure out what to do as far as like making income and i at that point started doing audio engineering work as a way to bring in money and then it evolved into a lot of other things that now have me here sitting here talking about these things basically that's pretty dope i I wanted to ask you because as you were talking you, you one of the things you said was a lot of people would bring you in they heard about your music but there still sounds like there was a barrier there like you could use the space but it's like you're not welcome here is that is that kind of the vibes you got from that some of the spaces yeah like there was one studio that kind of felt like there was a barrier and it was definitely i felt like i had to prove myself in that space there was another space i didn't feel like that this other space was like now we know who you are like your reputation precedes you like you're dope got it you know like so it definitely it was both sides of that but then for sure with the interning like i started i tried to intern at like some live shows and things like that i definitely felt in that space like the barrier of like well who the heck are you like you know being in a mm-hmm. more like i don't know some people tell me that i don't I, that i don't present as femme as some folks would interpret you know but how i'm gonna word it right now is like in a femme presenting body right like being in this space like in kind of getting i think the word would be like not disregarded but kind of like swept aside you know like yeah like yeah you could intern but only on the days that like i have something else to do which isn't really interning you know what i mean it's like it's like a whole intersectionality thing right this whole privilege like how you look and not being femme presenting enough yeah right and 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 kind of like that ideology is like you don't belong and i want to ask you like as a non-binary person of color, like how hard has it been for you to grow in an industry that's mainstream, that has a certain look, that wants you to have a certain socioeconomic class? Like, how has it been for you to grow in this industry? So when you ask me that question, I feel like I want to answer it from both sides. So like the side of like music making and the side of like owning my business in the audio engineering space, the side of growing my music base there was definitely a lot of like i don't know what the word that wants to come out is like machismo you know but like it's like the patriarchy yeah yeah Yeah. it's a patriarchy you know so like i couldn't do what i wanted how i wanted to do it i couldn't people would pick apart that i was like touching on content that was like queer you know like i remember this one open mic show i did this guy walked up to me after and was like are you gay because like you kept saying she and that's just kind of like i don't know how i feel about that and i was like okay dude like yes i was saying she and you could interpret that how how you want it you know what i mean like i didn't really want to get into them oh my god but then there's also like the i don't know especially in the because it was like the so 
I label myself as a poet, right? If you hear my music, most people would classify it as like indie hip hop, right? Like lo-fi, lyrical hip hop. And like within the hip hop community in San Jose, there were definitely a lot of folks that were like, you know, I was, I would say, hey, like I'm queer, like this is my girlfriend. They'd be like, oh, okay, like you just haven't, you know, the normal stuff that they say, like very like machismo type of things, like patriarchy type of things. I'm not gonna repeat them, but like there was definitely a lot of that, you know, in the music industry, in the music scene. Uh, there was a lot of like, and there still is like a lot of me needing to question the intentions of like folks that identify as like men when they want to work with me you know like is it because they actually want to work with me and they think i'm dope or is it because they want like my energy and they think that there's a different thing that they could get from me you know yeah yeah um that i would say is definitely within me and my music but then also within my business as well unfortunately uh and then within my business you know being a more femme presenting person but definitely queer and you know mixed in a lot of different ways like there's definitely been a lot of like i don't know the messaging through the actions and the the words i would say is like kind of like you ain't shit you know like uh, yeah that's how it lands that's you know like there's this one one time i brought in an assistant for an event this guy like would literally like push my hand off the mixing board with like turn my music low if i was mixing so he could take over like that type of stuff where it's like i'm not there but i'm there and like this person's there as like the assistant so a lot of like i don't know what the word like hostility kind of kind of you know like not making space in that sort of way and then also within my business wow. i've def- i've definitely experienced a lot of like uh if i say something like the sometimes my clients will have to go confirm it with like a more like a male identifying person in the space you know even though where i'm at now is like i have two audio engineering degrees <laughs> so there's like this constant like you as a non-binary person yep. there's this constant like proof this minimal minimalization essentially of who you are and your experience Yep. it's like you know you're not deemed worthy enough yep but you know you are though right yeah i know i am and i've honestly had to do like that's something i had to do a lot of work on you know because it's difficult to not interpret those things especially if we don't have access to community that can mirror that for us you know and i don't i didn't really grow up with that sort of community in a lot of different ways but so that's definitely something i've had to work on but that's also definitely a layer of my business and my music that i've had to grow to be intentional about with who i let in and with how i operate you know and really have had to sit with developing different protocols policies procedures type stuff that like allows me to really filter through like uh who is coming with positive intentions that is inclusive that is a a sweet spirit you know and who who could kind of get weeded out from just having them like fill out an intake form you know so right absolutely <laughs> i, I want to ask because we're getting close to yep. the, the snip of snippet yep. <laughs> but i want to ask you we're coming in the hills uh, we're prepared it's women's history month and as a non-binary person i want to ask you how do we include you and other folk from our lgbtq plus community in these celebratory months like women's history month and men's well there's well men's history is like celebrated every day anyway yeah but you know what i mean like how do we hold space for 
for you during these months that we are, are about gender or some other binary? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think there's a few ways. So definitely, like I think the a lot of the the the, the beginnings of doing so are like spotlighting through the language in which people choose. You know, how they market and how they talk about different dynamics within Women's History Month. You know, um, mm-hmm. ensuring that that's kind of presented, but that is like the shallow layer of it. I would say. Not in like a hierarchical kind of way or like a, that's not like helpful, but it is, but it's also just like top level. Um, more deeply, I definitely think bringing in folks to maybe even address the gender binary and how we can work to, I wouldn't this, I don't know if I want to say the word like eradicate, but I kind of do, like uh began to like shift and develop you know and then even just spotlighting like if folks are having like you know women's conferences and stuff like spotlighting folks that are non-binary like making it a point to push the barrier push up against the wall push up against like the 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 system that is you know and really yeah yeah just like i guess if if i kind of back up into like bird's eye view it's like just take actionable steps to do so so like through the language or even like definitely including folks that are non-binary or gender non-conforming trans folks within your spaces within your events within your music within whatever you're cultivating you know and uh stepping into the discomfort of what that might be perceived as you know and also it would be kind of badass if there was like a trans non-binary and like gender non-conforming month you know like or something i feel like there is and i'm not sure don't quote me on this y'all vita sorry to cut you off i feel like it's june or july like something like that has been created i'm a i'm a have to look that that if you're listening to this (laughs) but I, i love those ideas in that and And just all you offered in this conversation, it gave me a lot to think about. And I hope it gave our listeners a different perspective. You know, a lot of folks think, you know, when it's the celebratory months that everyone who's going to come on the show is some powerful woman of of this and that. And you are a powerful person, period. Let's just erase the gender piece of it. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for, for the invite and for having me as a part of this podcast. It really means a lot. You're welcome. Uh, For you all, if you guys want to get to know more about Vita and their work, we'll put that link in the show notes. And again, friends, as always, until I see you all again, keep living into your work. Peace. Peace.